Today we are here with Stephen. Who can take a sunrise, <laughs> sprinkle it with dew, cover it with chocolate and a miracle or two. The Candyman can. The Candyman. The Candyman can. And Oliver. <laughs> and and Gene Wilder apparently as well. But yes, I'm I'm here. I'm here. Hello, Oliver. I've got to tell you. First thing off the bat is in your current state, you could very easily. Well, maybe not so much in the UK, or I imagine he's equivalent to God. But in the US, you could probably walk around, and people would conflate you with you and McGregor. I, I take that as a big compliment. And it's happened before, actually. And I, I'd like to think I'm a Jedi. So uh, and I, I thank you for that. I appreciate it. I am getting a beard trim tomorrow, though. Uh, it, it needs to be shaped because uh, it's going to get a little wild. Uh, but yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, so first things first, it's been basically a year, I think a little less than a year. Not much has changed since we last spoke. The world has been the same. Everything has been great. There's been no issues. Uh, how have things been in your little hamlet? It's, uh, well, first of all, hello. Thanks again for having me both on. Uh, appreciate that. It's nice that you, you want me back rather than, than not. Um, but yeah, very, very good. It's, um, yeah, I say very good. I, I look at things optimistically. It's a weird time, weird time for everyone. Uh, the United Kingdom is, is particularly weird, but, um, 12th, which is tomorrow, uh, conveniently. Tomorrow is when independent uh, shops or non-essential shops, for that matter, are allowed to reopen, um, which is a great situation to be in. And uh, just optimistic. I think it's been it's been tricky for a lot of people. And unfortunately, some independent businesses or retail units have shut down because they, they, they just couldn't hold out as long, which is a real, real shame. Um, but we are ready and, and kicking and pumped to to reopen and of course we've got also a twist or an add-on that is that is opening which i'll talk about now if if that's okay with you guys well before we get there because i do want to hear about that no 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 this is more of a everyone who listens to our podcast knows who you are frankly the majority of engaged fans in the wizarding world fan community around the globe at this point know who you are but for that one listener who doesn't um what what shop are we talking about? Where are you? What what are you a purveyor of? Tell us tell us the elevator pitch. Of course, yes, uh, you make me blush. Um, well, it is a independent wizarding shop that I opened on the eleventh of November two thousand and seventeen in Brighton, which is a city on the south coast of England, about an hour away from London on the train, not the Hogwarts Express, the standard muggle train uh, but um yeah it is a, a wizarding shop it sells over 500 in the, um official merchandise of the harry potter nature a little bit of fantastic beast but predominantly harry potter and um yeah as i said we start in 2017 and i think the way i could say is that without sounding too big-headed is we are different than a normal shop because we go the extra mile with detail and the extra mile of how we come across to say our lovely Potterhead customers. So, so what I mean by that is when we started this shop in 2017 from day one, 
we wanted anyone coming into that shop to be wowed as much as physically possible to feel that they've maybe been plucked and chucked into Diagon Alley in the real wizarding world. And, and what I mean by that of feel and description is the moment you walk in with the, the bell ringing on the wooden old 100-year-old door to the brickwork, to the smell of butterscotch beer, to the furniture dating back from the early 1900s, to the open filament bulbs, to the music of some sort of Victorian uh, chimes going on. So it's, it's basically trying to make people feel as magical as possible. And since the 2017 opening, we've come across eight awards. Not, not come across, we, we were given to just find them. We were given eight awards. You've earned, you've earned eight awards. Let's <laughs> yeah, You're going to yeah. be modest about it, but we'll, we'll say it. You have rightfully earned multiple awards. We stole eight awards uh, from the back of the van. Uh, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly that. And uh, we've nearly reached 3,000 five-star reviews, and we've had people from all walks of life and all parts of the world visit, and we're very lucky in that situation. And, and that, 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 that's it in a nutshell. It's basically a geeky Potterhead dream. Um, but we have changed things, which I know we'll get onto in a minute, in an exciting way. So you have adjusted fairly well to the lockdown situation compared to some other shops. Can you tell us a little about how you managed um, going through that and making those adjustments where your customers still felt very welcomed? Totally. I think it all depends on what factors, of course, you're referencing to. But I would say, for example, straight away, the, the, the whole COVID nature, we evolved. So after the first lockdown, when we were permitted legally allowed to reopen, we changed. A big, big change happened. So rather than a standard shop where you'd walk in, you could maybe buy something, and then you'd walk out. What I decided to do, and it was a drastic decision, but I've always wanted to try it, was a bookable situation. So you would book your half an hour shopping experience. Uh, you'd pay a five pound deposit. You get that money back. If you, if you don't buy anything, you get it back either way. The reason for the five pound deposit is just to make sure people turn up because it'd be nothing worse than to have a fully booked weekend and someone go, oh goodness, I really want to visit. And you go, I'm really sorry, we are fully booked. And if someone didn't turn up, then it's a shame because we could have given that time to someone else. And when they come in within that half an hour, we give them the most comfortable and relaxed situation with some beautiful you know music playing on the background all that jazz where they just have the the ability to buy some stuff they want to um nine times out of ten people do because they they really want to and if they don't they think about something and maybe come back another time so it's it's just trying to make the retail shopping experience the most wow factor different um, and engaging and fun and tangible and yeah, just 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 immersiveness in in a very exciting way, rather than clicking on a mouse, putting something in your imaginary basket, and it turns up in you know the next couple of days in a box, and that's great. But what we want is people to be able to touch things and look at things and ask questions, and it goes back to our staff members, including myself, my brilliant staff members where they are so knowledgeable about the product. So rather than, again, going to the comparable of what we were before and you would have a situation where it was really busy and someone might want to look at a product 
And you might not be able to give them as much time as you wish, just because if you're really busy, which is great, you might not be able to do that. But with this scenario, they've got half an hour of, of literally focused attention. So if they want to look at a dozen ones, or they want to talk about one product for half an hour, or they want to look at several different items, and they want to not only touch it, but they want to ask, well, who was the maker? Why was it like this? Or is it painted? Or what's the material? The person that's dealing with that an appointment, our, our wizarding apprentices or myself, they can they can answer that. So yeah, that that's how we adapted to make it as 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 fun, but at the same time, the safety element of making people feel very comfortable that it's just them there and then. We've got the hand sanitizer available, and they haven't got maybe a dozen other people within a proximity of a meter of each other. They literally have that space to them. So they feel almost like they could be a room at their home if they had a wizarding shop. Well, I remember the last time we spoke, which, side note, if you're listening and you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, uh, once this episode has concluded, because you should listen to this episode in its entirety, uh, fun reminder and a fun little you know, gentle push to go back and listen to the full catalog of Creating Magic episodes, including our original episode with Oliver, which was uh, a vibrant discussion. I want to say like May, June of last year. That sounds about right. Danny can fact check me on that. But the last time we spoke... I remember we talked a lot about your passion for customer service and a real guest experience and what that means to you when someone walks into your shop and you had shared a story about a, a special needs mother and child, I believe, and, and, and how you catered an experience very much to, to make them comfortable. So not that switching into this new COVID lockdown restriction era was easy for anyone, but given how passionate and committed you already were, this doesn't seem like it was the harshest of turns. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think we maybe we had, I think maybe we had the ability to, to, to it was a lot easier to control because of the, maybe the size of the shop we had. And also, I guess the product at the end of the day, you know, shop is a shop because it sells something. And because we sell something that's quite creative and imaginative, I guess it was quite easy to do so. So I would definitely agree with that. If, if, for example, I put myself in someone's shoes that sold a product that was a bit more common, I guess is the right word. Not, not a nasty way, but if I was, um, I don't know, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but just you know, more of a traditional. So let's just say I was uh, a, shoe, a shoe shop. Let's say I was an average shoe shop rather than a specialist. Let's say I was just a normal shoe shop. You might find it quite strange that you'd have to book because you know, you can, you can maybe get that product in a lot of shops. But then again, if I was a shop that sold unusual shoes, then I guess you, I think you can make anything work, really, as long as you explain why. I think that's it. Maybe I'm actually, I'm trying to give an example, but actually the example is, 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 is actually quite solvable. I, I think yeah, maybe it's just because we, we, we knew that it would work because so many customers liked to have the attention of being able to ask those detailed questions. I, as a geek, if I'm buying a geeky product, I want to know everything about that geeky product because it's my hard-earned money. I want to know that that's going to go onto my shelf and it's going to be good quality. But at the same time, I know as much as I can about it and I love it and it's brilliant because that's earned a place on my Harry Potter bookcase or shelf. So I think that's why it allowed us to, to quite easily do so. So yeah, I, I'd say we were... It was easier transition than, than I guess, a, 
an example I can't think of. As you were trying to come up with an example and you landed on shoe shop, I saw in your head going through every single shop that's near you on the lanes and be like, oh, I don't want to piss them off. I don't want to piss them off. Oh, if I say that, they're going to get offended. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a spectrum of like to try to box it, you know, nicely, right. It's a, it's a spectrum between like your very, you know, common, like low cost, like average cost good versus a differentiated product. And while I have not been to Brighton and once this damn panini ends, I plan on going, um, I can't imagine there are other shops just selling wands and selling, you know, gobstone chess sets and all the like right up and down the streets. So you certainly have a different product that you can package nicely with this differentiated customer experience. And I think makes sense to all of the consumers. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. And there's no offense intended at any shoemaker in Brighton, I promise. So you've hinted at some twists and changes that will be happening come tomorrow. And we're going to actually release this episode Thursday of this week. So you will be open when we uh, release this. So what new things do you have coming to your shop? So what I've done, again, every year, month and and day, an hour, I'm just trying to think of stuff to, to, to evolve it, to make it as awesome as it can be. And with the wizarding shop, it's been awesome, but I've always wanted to also add something else. And I do have passions and in many other fandoms, all types of geek from Jurassic Park to Nintendo to Sonic the Hedgehog, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So what I decided is that with the booking method, which I don't want to change because it works really well with the private shopping experience. What I decided was that, the floor space that we then had was almost unnecessary because previous we would fit maybe 20-ish customers in at once on the floor space. And now when we do the booking scenario, an average group size is a max of six, not just because of the rule. That just seems for whatever reason, there's always about five in a family or five in a group of friends, or it could be as little as two in a couple. So what I decided is I thought, well, what the hey? I will also create a second uh, shop within the building that I own. So what we did, again, big step, I thought, well, he who dares wins, and why not? Let's evolve like a Pokemon. I uh, decided to split the shop in half. So I did that, and the only reason I was able to do that is because the building is about 150 years old. Originally, the front door entrance was on the side of the building, which is coincidentally an alley. And the original front door of that building was in the alley, but it was blocked up maybe a hundred years ago or so. I'm not sure the exact date, uh, but it was bricked up and blocked. Uh, but there was always a door on the outside. It just didn't open. It didn't go anywhere until now. So that door, which was the original front door 150 years ago, uh, is now workable. And that door goes into my wizarding shop. So when you book, you will be greeted at the front quarters, which I'll get onto in a minute. And then we take you around to the private shopping experience in the private wizarding shop in the original door. At the front half, beyond the separated hall that we place, uh, that has now become Oliver's Brighton Sweet Emporium. So it's all things sweet. So that could be from our delicious soft serve ice cream uh, to a brand new 
hot chocolate machine that we've just had imported from America that does Hershey's hot chocolate and Hershey's cookies and cream or a Cinnabon cinnamon roll cappuccino uh, flavor. Uh, we have all sorts of soft drinks from, we, do, we don't do normal. So, so with this sweet emporium, it's, I'm trying to be as unique for England as possible. So rather than in the fridge, you would just get your standard Coca-Cola or Dr. Pepper, if you will, um, you will find a Sonic the Hedge, Hedgehog energy drink, a Dragon Ball Z drink, a Chubba Chubbs drink, uh, a Rick and Morty drink. So all these different fandoms that I love. Um, so that's kind of what it is. So the Sweet Emporium is not necessarily about uh, being uh, a sweet shop from Diagon Alley. It is a separate, a multiverse, if you will. It's a, another room which has geek covered in sugar so again it could be you go to the pez wall and in the pez wall uh it's full of uh scooby-doo to paw patrol for the younger generation to flintstones to pokemon to star wars so so that's kind of what it is what i'm trying to do is yes we've got the awesome wizarding shop and that's still there but we've also now got a sweet emporium which works hand in hand because every single person that generally goes to the shop will most likely buy something sweet. So they'll buy a chocolate frog. They might buy some Bertie Potts beans. They might buy a butterscotch beer. Uh, and I thought, well, do you know what? If everyone has a sweet tooth the same as me, why not also add that onto the building? Because we can. And so I'm really excited about it. And I think it will work really well. And it, it is all about evolvement. It's trying to think of the best way to make the building as best as possible, where not only it puts food on my table, it creates excitement as, as, as to the topic hat. So just for my own mental image, because again, thanks to this um, Panzanella, I won't be able to make it over to Brighton anytime soon. Is this quite literally two separate shops or is this similar to at the wizarding world in Orlando where you have the Weasley's wizard wheezes. And then there's kind of like that little ramp that leads into a separately themed area. And technically they're different, but they're all in the same kind of, you know, oeuvre. No, I kept it separate. So there is literally a wall, not a wall you can run through like in uh, King's cross. Uh, it is. It did say you're always evolving, always trying to innovate. There's your next big idea. If you can figure out technology that allows me to run through a literal wall without bringing the building down, I think you have the coolest shop in the world at that point. It's, it's on the things to do. It definitely is. Um, but yeah, it's it's a literal wall. So, and the reason that is, again, going back to it, is I wanted, I didn't want to ruin the 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 booking private shopping experience. I wanted to keep it separate. I could have put to save money. I could have put a curtain up or i guess like you said there a divider where it's almost a separate flooring but it's still the same room but it's not so i didn't want to take that away and what's awesome is by my incredibleness of tetris uh is everything that was originally in the shop has been moved into the other area so there's less floor space but there is the same amount of product so that's key to, to make clear is we've not gone well we've got 500 plus items now we've only got 200 ish it's still the same amount of items. We've not lessened, we've not weakened the brand of what array of Harry Potter goodies we have. But the cool thing about it is you'll go there maybe for half an hour and afterwards you might go, 
well, what the hey, I'm going to have an ice cream. And actually, I do love Harry Potter, but suddenly I've just noticed they've got a Super Mario Nintendo um, product that I didn't know they do of sweets. I want that. So it's kind of just kind of suggestive of you could go to the, the Wizarding Shop and afterwards you could pop in the sweet shop and you might get yourself a, a lovely, delicious hot chocolate that makes you feel like Willy Wonka. The last time we spoke and I was having vivid flashbacks as you were talking about the Hershey's hot chocolate machine and the Cinnabon flavors, I recall distinctly feeling incredibly unaccomplished and feeling like I was just whittling my life away doing next to nothing comparatively. And not only do you still have a wildly imaginative, you know, wizarding shop, you also now have a sweets emporium. So quite literally you live and breathe the wizarding world of Harry Potter and candy as a full grown adult. How does that make you feel? Because that sounds like the ultimate dream to me, to child me, to me tomorrow, to me a year from now, to me 40 years from now. How does that feel for you? It's, it's a very nice feeling. It's fun. I think it's just, it just, it just, yeah. Well, again, thank you. You made me blush again. Very nice compliments, uh, both of you. So, so thank you. This is why, this is why I do it. It's for the morale boost, uh, these podcasts. Um, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And I think it, I'm just trying to keep things fresh. And again, no disrespect to the Harry Potter world, because I love it, obviously, but we all know there's actually quite limited that there is, and I'll be honest, I'm being blunt. There is a limited of what more they can do in terms of merch without getting to the point of having, <laughs> I don't even know, Harry Potter earplugs. I guess I'm trying to think what else there could be. Um, there is a point of going, well, there can't be much more. So I'm sure there will be some stuff coming, which will be really exciting still. But we know that the products that we've got at the moment, a lot of it is very high quality and it's really decent. And I don't want to necessarily have to have the pressure of flooding the shop with extra goodies that that may not meet the standards that I love. And that allows me by kind of, even though we have the same amount, like I said, and we've got smaller floor space, I don't want it to get to the point of going, oh, I, I better get hold of those stuff. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily want the quality or I don't want it, but I'm going to fill it, I'm going to fill the space. And then this kind of just allows a bit more relaxedness that you still could go into the Oliver's Brighton Wizarding Shop part and know that it'll all be high quality and it'll be really good. Uh, and then also it keeps exciting because we do have fans like me in their nearly 30s. You've got fans that are parents or, or older, you know, beyond the 50, 60 mark or whatever they may be. And then you've got the young, young generation. And everyone except dentists love sweets. So it's kind of like, why not? If, if it was, um, if I was doing, a, I don't know, like a, a rubber band shop. Oh, the different color rubber bands. I, I wouldn't be that bothered. But if those rubber bands were made of sugar, then maybe I'd be interested. So that's why I thought. And do you know what? Also, normally when I get tipsy, I think of ideas. When I thought about doing the Sweet Emporium, I did watch Willy Wonka again, the original, of course, even though I do like the Johnny Depp version. Um, and uh, I just thought it'd be really funny. I love that. I also love that you imported Hershey's chocolate, hot chocolate for one, because I was born in Hershey and grew up in the area. 
So that's a great shout out, but I will not be coming and having Hershey's cocoa at your shop. Oh, I will. And look, <laughs> look, one, once this Pangea ends and I'm able to travel, like, you know, you know, like when a kid goes to a sporting event and the parent buys the kid every single piece of merchandise under the sun. So the kid walks out, even though it's the middle of the summer with the, the beanie, with a scarf, with a sweater, with sweatpants, with gloves, with the whole thing. That's going to be me. I'm going to walk in just in my khakis, just normal as I do. And I'm going to walk out fitted from head to toe with all of the merch. I'm going to have a hot chocolate in one hand, a soft serve in the other. It's going to be incredible. I'm, I'm <laughs> Look, I will have paid for like a month's rent on, on the Sweets Emporium for you or something. But, oh, boy, will it be worth it. It's, it would, and and the, the Hershey's is, is, is interesting because... With, with England, and it is funny, it is really funny that in America you have these huge places like Walmart and stuff, and you've got every different candy under the sun. And in England, it's very, it is very interesting because we've got our standard, we have got our standard chocolates and sweet confectionery, you know, like you do. You've got your standards. But then there is this just insane amount of other stuff that you guys and girls have over there and it's really interesting that we just don't i, I don't know why because we've gradually that you know over the last five or so years there's been a lot more importation you, you'll be able to find your twinkies in a few of the supermarkets and you'll find nerds and things like that but there, there's a lot of candy or, or sweets for the english people out there is, is is not available and the hershey's for example was a bit of a gamble i didn't know if it would be be good but it's lush. It's like, it's just like sweet gold and it's really, really lush. And um, we've got other eyes and on other things that maybe uh, stuff that makes stuff in the shop. But, um, but yeah, it's just really exciting. It's just, it's just fun. And it's basically the whole point of the shop because it is a small sweet emporium and I've done it in this array of fruit crates. So you've got stacks of fruit crates on the wall. And the point is that when one product runs out so for example we've randomly got uh what is it garfield bubblegum tape when garfield bubblegum tape disappears we replace it from another product the next day or the next week so the point is that when you go in there as a local or as a visitor ideally you'd walk in and go oh, i've not seen that before that was different last week rather than oh that's always the same so yeah that that's quite fun and i love pez there's a pez wall and Pez is just cool because it's like Funko Pop. There's so many different licenses they're involved with, and they're just fun. And they're not dear, and it's just something cool that you can put in your little shelf or just hang around in your pocket with your little geeky sweet dispenser. Well, you really want to talk about our fascination with just over overwhelming amounts of sweets and chocolate. You know, have you been to Manhattan? Yes. Okay, so have you have you been to the M&M and or Hershey store in Times Square, right? Like nuts. Like I know there's the one M&M store off of Trafalgar and that's it, it feels kind of out of place a little bit if you ask me. Um, but, you know, we have those all over the damn place in America. And there's no Cadbury store where you can get Whispas and Flakes and, and Dairy Milks just in the middle of London. Like it's just a normal, you know, like a normal convenience store where you go in. Um, there's no, almost, so we recorded an episode yesterday. And I spilled water 30 seconds into the recording all over my desk. And I almost just knocked over a lamp. Um, I just need to stop gesticulating. Anywho, the point is, this is exciting. And yeah, the Hershey's probably is a gamble because 
the British palate writ large tends to be a lot more nuanced and less heavy on artificial sweet than like the American is. But yeah, that's, oh, geez. I, God, this needs to end. Oh, this pancreas needs to end. I need to get over there so badly. Yeah, you I mean, are. Your shop could be in Burma and I would come visit right now. I don't really care. Uh, it just so happens to be in my favorite country beyond, you know, the great, the great old U.S. of A. But, oh, God. Visiting well, you is on the top of the list for once travel can. Well, it's tied 1A. Danny, we, have a, we can't offend other – look, my, my visiting, visiting England again is the top of my list. Yes. And, and sub-bullets under visiting England include spending a day giving Oliver all of my decently earned money, um, going and having Bradley cook me a haggis. feast of all feasts. No, he's, he sent me a photo of haggis last night, and I'm like, I don't <laughs> want this. Do not send me this. It looks – God fucking awful. Um, <laughs> anywho, the point is going to England is the goal. Yes. Um, right. Doing a day at uh, the studio tour with uh, the Greg who lived, right? Like doing all these things. Let's, you know. We have not, a big not, UK list. Yeah, we'll we're, not, we're not isolating and offending other guests. Everyone is just not all isolating. top it's of the all line. The same, it's all the same trip. All right. Just to be clear, Danny is the one who has favorites out there, listeners. Not me. I love everybody. <laughs> Speaking of favorites, do you have a favorite product that you will be stocking in your candy in shop? The, in my in my candy shop or my wizarding shop? In my wizarding shop. How about both? Uh, in my in my wizarding shop, it's it's always hard because there's just so many of them because there's just so many good stuff. Um, but no, well, one because we, what we're trying to do again is. It, we, we, you know, we don't know what the 12th and that's going to be like. We, we're very lucky at the moment. We've got, you know, a couple of hundred or so pre-books over the next uh, few months, which is really great to hear. Um, so what I wanted to do is do something a bit exciting. So anyone that pre-booked before the 12th uh, for their eventual visit, which could be in, you know, end of April or May, and I know this will go out after the 12th, so it won't be necessarily for your listeners. But what I did was trying to kind of give um, a bit of excitement. So, for example, with the goblets, which are normally around the £35 figure, uh, they're actually going to be 15 because I managed to get a really good deal on them. So what I wanted to do is not necessarily um, just do your bog standard 10% off sale or whatever. I just wanted to pick some of my favourite products and do a really good deal. So the goblets are my favourite because you can use them in everyday life, whether it's alcohol or not, and you do feel like you could be in the great pool um, sipping from your, your house proud goblet. Um, so that would be my favorite product at the moment in that wizarding shop. And then in the Sweet Emporium, uh, because I am obsessed with Sonic the Hedgehog, it, it probably is the Sonic the Hedgehog drink, just because I, I love anything Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, which in no way I don't think ever be connected to the wizarding world unless the hedgehog. Did you, did you love the latest Sonic the Hedgehog movie? I thought it was boss. I, I know, sorry, I know that, <laughs> and, and for people listening, obviously, I appreciate this is a, a wizarding world um, podcast. Um, but, um, but I do, yes, I, I did. I loved the movie. I thought it was really good. I'm really glad that the director's assistance to the fans to change the visual and the body of, of Sonic. Uh, and I think it was great. I think it was how they related it back to the original uh, two-dimensional game. I thought it was fantastic. So yeah, I loved it. 
Steven's probably going to make fun of me because of my age, but my first, like we had Nintendo, but like the main game console I was on was the Sega Genesis and it was the Sonic game was like my introduction into gaming. Dope console. I figured your gaming console you grew up on, Danny, would have just been like a piece of paper playing, you know, tic-tac-toe with, with your neighbors from the, from the dusty farm up the street. You look, I wasn't going to say anything. And then yes, you, you preempted it by saying Steven's probably going to make fun of me. So then I had to make fun of you. Come you on. Really do. All right. Look, before I transition out of strictly the realm of talking about your shop, Oliver, how can people get a booking to come visit you? So all they need to do is go on my website, oliversbrighton.co.uk. Uh, and there is a, a booking calendar, very similar to anything really that you're booking. I uh, don't know what I was going to say. So basically you go on the website, Oliver's Brighton and you go onto the calendar and you choose the date that you want to visit. And then you choose your slot. You pay a five pound deposit and you bring your gang or yourself. Maybe you're just on your own visiting Brighton and you want to go. And, and I think my biggest thing to make clear, and it isn't the wording, is there is no pressure. It, it's all about just making it as magical as possible, whether you're on your own, your own or with your partner or with your family or your nan or wherever it may be. Uh, it's basically just to make retail, and that's the key term there because it's a very tricky time for retail. It's to make retail as enjoyable as possible. You know, I will say it's funny. It's kind of a nice transition point. There is, I, I was reading the article on Sussex live uh, shout out to Toby Bryant, um, all about how the lanes is reopening and all the various businesses that, that have, you know, that are reopening right on, on the 12th. I was curious reading that over this past year of, of adjustment and, and, and lockdown restriction, has your sense of community that I imagine already existed, but specifically with the lens of this past year, has your sense of community with the other shops in Brighton evolved, changed, grown? Does How, how does it feel now relative to last year? I think, yeah, there's always been a really nice, strong presence of community spirit with, with Brighton independent shops because we're all quite in a similar boat. And I think it is an unusual city brighton compared to the rest of the uk because there is a larger percentage i don't know what the exact percentage there is but i think and i might be i could be mistaken but i'm pretty sure it's got the highest amount of independent shops in a city um so there's always been that really nice connection there and um you know everyone wants to be successful because you do and that's what you want you want everyone to be successful because if people on my street do well there'll be more people on the street that may see my brands that they didn't know exist. Uh, and also I think with anything, it's like where you live, I live above my shop. So when I moved in and when I started this a few years ago, from day one, I wanted to be on brilliant terms with my neighbors and business neighbors, because if you get on with your business neighbor, it's so much easier and better because you look out for each other compared to going in, not wanting to be friends. For example, security points. You know, um, there's a lot of break-ins in Brighton. Luckily, I'm, I've been okay, but there's been a lot of neighbours in Trafalgar Street. They've had their businesses broken into. So people have kind of joined forces to protect more. So there's more security in the sense of CCTV. Maybe there's someone based on the streets. For example, myself, I'm ready with my wand. 
any day or night to go out and cast some <laughs> cast some curse spells. Um, but no, but no, it's been really good. It's been it's been it's been really good in the sense that I think people have talked more and, and sharing the same situation because we're all sharing this annoying, terrible situation. We know why, but we are sharing it. Um, so working together, uh, there's been obviously some terrible points where people have to shut down. There's been shops that have been there for a long time and they've shut down. That that It sucks because it just makes you upset that their livelihood and their baby and their creation is is having to stop, which is a real shame. But overall, I, I, I see it as um, you've got to focus on the optimistic and you've got to focus on the positives. And I would take from it, then, yeah, a, a really nice joint effort for community and bring on the rest of 2021. <laughs> Yeah, we, we still have quite a few months to go. <laughs> it's like preparing for the Wizarding War against Voldemort. Like Voldemort's coronavirus and we're all there and we're all like, oh God, here we go. And you're getting ready and the, the, the protective bubble surrounding Hogwarts is, is, is being broken and we're all at the doors <laughs> And instead of wands in our hands, well, I, I have my wand in my hand. Um, excuse the pun, but I uh, no pun. Don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, and um, but but everyone else has got their they've got their calculators ready to make some sales. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's the analogy I'd like to think about it. I love that you went with calculators. I thought that was going in the in the. The, the the bent of everyone's got their Pfizer or Moderna in their hands ready to go. Um, either way, I'm that's, there for it. That's better. That's a better. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, no, look, I've said it at least four times on this podcast. And I'll say it at least four more before we wrap, which is um, I, I am very excited to make my way down on on the national rail from London and spend a good couple days enjoying Brighton beer. And of course, you know, making my dentist pretty, pretty cross with how much, uh, how many sweets I buy at your shop and just having a great time because there isn't a moment that goes by where you post something on, on your social media where I'm like, wow, that is just so cool. Right. Like whether it's some of the vintage stuff from your personal collection where I'm like, okay, like, He's committed to this. Like he's got stuff from like the original pre-movie merch. Like, yeah, he 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 knows his stuff to okay, the lemonheads. Look, lemonheads are quite possibly one of the most universally mediocre candies, but they are my favorite. When I went to movies, I used to get lemonheads every time. And you'd walk out and the inside of your gums would be all torn up and awful. And they have that weird kind of like smushiness when you first bite into them through that layer of sugar. And then you get to the hard bit in the middle. And they are just so just average, but I love them so much. Um, so that, that's a long, winding, rambling way of saying that while many people have managed to change themselves or alter their perspective or do something different over the course, um, oh, I lost another good P word to use instead of pandemic. Damn, I already used like four and I lost it. Anywho, point is, you have found a way to innovate and make things even more magical and more special and more vibrant and exciting. And that is in and of itself a remarkable achievement. So I am sure that on the time of recording here, you will, you will have had, or I guess at the time of release, you will have had three or four very successful days of reopen. Um, but I'm very excited to, to see what happens. 
thank you very much. And yeah, and it is, it is yeah, it's just, um, you just got to think out of the box. You know, at the end of the day as well, with the wizarding shot, it, it would be amazing if it was just, if it was easy. But it, it isn't, and it is, in the sense that you, you do have to evolve because if you don't, if I'd never evolved since the day of opening, it might be that, we, we, we didn't, we weren't as successful as we, we were. And, and who knows, at the end of the day, I have a mortgage to pay uh, on the business premises. And I also need to pay the bills and I need to pay the staff and I need to pay your tax because I don't evade tax like some big corporate companies out there. Um, and, and, I, and I have to put food on the table, and I have to put food for my animals, uh, the cat and the rabbit. But at the end of the day, that, that is, it, it, it is true, because if I was oblivious to that, if I was oblivious and got caught up in it too much in the sense that that didn't matter, then it might be Oliver's Brighton is no more. And I think that's probably a big important factor to mention in any interview at the moment is that you, you have to adapt, you have to evolve, because if you don't, the likelihood is, unfortunately, your business could suffer from that and eventually could cease to exist, which would suck. So, um, yeah, and, um, and, 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 and going back to it, the other thing I've been focusing on over this last few months of boredom, other than doing a Deliveroo, because that was very wizarding of me on my broomstick, um, is I've been focusing on what we have achieved, because, you know, there's no harm in being big-headed or proud sometimes, and We've now hit the eight awards and as I said, nearly 3,005 stars and we've just been entered into another award, which I had my fingers crossed for, but um, it's just focusing on the good things and what you can take from it and the goodness rather than the, the negative badness. So we're excited to hear about how that award turns out and how shop opening goes. Why don't we move into some random Harry Whoa, 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 whoa. He mentioned it. I thought you were going to ask, how are Luna and Mercury doing? <laughs> Is the spaying incident of March fully recovered from? How's everybody doing? They're, they're very well. So Mercury, again, people don't know, Mercury is my cat. She's the new addition to the family. She is coming up for one year on April the 14th. So in three days' time, she'll be one year old. Uh, she got spayed recently. Um, and she had this hilarious little, little red jumper on. And I, I believe Mercury is a magical cat because she's just got this, it's just her eyes, like majestic eyes. It's kind of like, I don't know, I'm going to go as a cat was, was really cool cat. Um, but I, I don't know. I think Mercury's more, more magical, but anyway, she's beautiful. So yeah, she's very well. Thank you very much. She's recovered well and she's a little mischievous, um, and, and really cool. And then of course we have Luna which is the logo. So the logo, you will see there's a, a rabbit um, standing on her hind legs in front of the full moon. And Luna is the original um, uh, Patronus of, of mine, which is a rabbit. And her full name is Luna Lepore, which means the moon child in Latin. And she is a Netherland dwarf rabbit, which is blue-gray fur. And Mercury, coincidentally, is blue-gray fur. So it's really funny because they look like they're related. Um, and yeah, they're both very, very well. Thank you very much. You are welcome. Seeing as I was the one who asked, not Danny, because Danny apparently hates animals. Um, you know, Danny, I one thing before we get into this whole Harry Potter question thing is, you know, as Oliver has mentioned a couple different times here, because he is a very humble gentleman, you know, he appreciates all of the kind words that we throw his way. How come you never throw kind words my way? 
why is it always us complimenting the guests and never Danny saying, hey, Stephen, you're doing a great job with this interview. You are just uh, like, great job. I've definitely thrown comments your way, just not live on air. Well, there should be more live on air because public affirmation is the only form of true affirmation, as we all know. Stephen, you're doing a great job. I'm so proud you haven't knocked anything over today. I almost did. Um, But thank you. All right. Let's do some Harry Potter questions. Um, First one for you here, Oliver. Um, It seems inevitable at this point that Warner Media will reintroduce some form of Wizarding World content beyond Fantastic Beasts into the cultural zeitgeist. What type of series would you like to see? In in, in terms of the rumored TV series, do you mean? In ter- yeah, it, it feels like they're probably going that way. Um, but yeah, what what type of are you a Marauders era guy, a Founders? Are you Next Generation? Are you let's redo the original seven just in, in TV format? I I think I think well, first of all, I think it, I guess we'll just find out because there's been such a long rumor, and I know there was a bit more official stuff. But if if it was actually happening, I think it I think it'd be a real shame. I think I would be quite annoyed if they go like I don't know someone else plays Harry Potter and they're like, ha, let's redo it, but a TV series that would be really silly. So I hope uh, they don't do that, and I hope yeah it'd be really cool if they did something along the the essence of the Marauders. Um, I think that would be really cool. It would be, I think the founders would be would be sick. I don't know if they would ever go that far back. Maybe they just think that maybe people wouldn't connect with, I don't know, Godric Gryffindor and things because we don't know much about them. Maybe they would assume that something like the marauders of them growing up and what they went through, that would be quite cool because because we already know about the characters. So I, I think that would be probably my favourite uh, choice. But I would be happy with anything as long as it's not trash and as long as it's not just doing the Harry Potter series, but in TV series format, because I think that'd just be really stupid. Agreed. If you could take any candy from the wizarding world to have in your shop, what would it be? Or would you create a new one? Oh, there's so many good ones. But in terms of the one that I've always wanted, even though it's not even that exciting, is, you know, when you go to Diagon Alley, I swear, is it in the America one as well? It might just be in England. In the Warner Brothers Studio Tour in Watford, there's a part when you go into Diagon Alley and next to Fred and George, I might be wrong, but you'll know because you've been there loads of times. In the American one, do you have the dragon um, fire nuts? I don't know if I've paid enough attention to the Wizarding World's setup. I don't recall seeing it, but I know exactly where it is. It leaves then, yeah. I've never heard of it, and I take a lot of pictures in the candy store, so I'm going with no. I may be wrong, but yeah, I, I think, think. The, I think the centerpiece of ours is the throwing up child yeah. in the bucket, which I know they have at Leavesden too. But um, yeah. Yeah, that that would, I, I, even though I think I probably know what they tasted like, but I think it would be really dope if um, obviously it wouldn't be ideal for nut allergy people, but um, if they ideally did them well in the wizarding world, hopefully they'd be able to take out the nut element that causes allergies. That'd be great. 
Um, but no, but in in the uh, in Leavesden, uh, my favorite part, well, not not favorite part, but one of the favorite parts, is literally yeah, next to Fred and George's part um, in the Warner Brothers Studio Tour. They've got this machine, and it's an actual machine. It's not a painting; it's a machine, and it looks like a nut roasting station. Uh, and I think I can't remember the title, but it's like these fire nuts, and there's like a picture of a dragon. And I think, unless I'm mistaken, in Diagon Alley, they would have a tiny little dragon. And I guess you could see it as like animal abuse, but they'd have a tiny little dragon that kind of uses its fire to heat the nuts. So I would like that. So if you can make that happen, that'd be great. We'll work on that and we'll make sure it is a gray blue colored dragon to match your other creatures. Thank you very much. Fantastic beasts so far. A good series or less so? It's cool in its way. I think like it's, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because again, the actors and the actresses are flipping good. But I think they're really good. No matter what you think of it, they're brilliant. Um, so I think that helps because obviously there is actors and actresses out there that aren't very good, in my opinion, uh, or you don't really like them. But I think they're all very likable. And I think the main ones especially are very, 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 very likable. And um, that helps a lot. And I think the first, I did quite like, but then I went on to watch the second. It just got a bit, I don't know, it was just a bit strange. And, 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 and it's little details that just, just surprised me because I think almost that what, we, what the problem is, we, we've almost been spoiled. I think with the Harry Potter series was so well done uh, for back in 2001, with that weird year, Lord of the Rings coming out and Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And it was just such a good year for films like that, where they were so well converted from a book to a film, which is quite a hard thing to do. And I think they've got such a big task. And I think because they went to so over the top with Harry Potter from the, what, in the room of requirement, and they used something crazy, what is it, like 2,000 bits of real furniture rather than graphic and, and things like that. So I think almost because we've been spoiled, it, it is harder. It's never going to be as good. Uh, but the, the second just was a bit odd. I think the filming, it was just the filming parts. There was a few bits that were just a bit strange. I think like when, um, oh my God, that's really disrespectful because I've actually forgotten a lot of the characters' names because I've not really got involved with Fantastic Beasts that much. But um, with uh, oh God, the, main, the main guy and he falls in love with um, Queenie, not Newt. Yeah. yeah, Newt's the one with the foot fetish. Jacob, Jacob is the Jacob, one sorry, who Jacob. is into food. Yeah. Yes, Jacob. And Jacob, he gets the love potion. And I thought that was filmed quite weirdly, uh, that. And also there was like another bit of filming, even though it's not always about the filming, but it was at the bit when they're in the Hogwarts castle and they're in the classroom and it's just like shaking. It was like the camera person was like, I don't know, just like really worried about something. And that was just a bit odd. And I don't know, it, it just felt like maybe wasn't perfect and i think that's it i think it just sums up is the sportness we had a fantastic series from the harry potter series and it's so well executed that maybe we're more critical and that's that's just how it is and i and yeah so i don't think it's terrible i just don't think it's great who is the most important person on a quidditch team um, it's got to be the it's got to be the commentator, really. I think the commentator <laughs> makes it because, like, the commentator 
if, if the commentator wasn't there, whoever it is, obviously at the time, whether it's Lee Jordan or whoever, it's kind of like um, <laughs> you wouldn't, it wouldn't really know what's going on, would you? Suppose a commentator. Which raises a really good point, actually. Something I thought about when rereading slash rewatching um, the horrible movie that was Goblet of Fire, which is when the Malfoys uh, kind of speak down at the Weasleys for having seats so high up. At a Quidditch match, aren't the higher seats the better ones? Always bothers me. Right? Because that's that's where the like the, the level playing field is, right? It's at the top. It's not on the ground. It makes no sense. Zero sense at all. That's really that's a massive point. Yeah. We also get the scene where Luna commentates a Quidditch match. Well, the series more generally needs a lot more Lee Jordan, um, just writ large. Um, Shout out to my guy, Luke Youngblood. Um, But yeah, Luna, when when she's doing her thing and McGonagall is just going berserk on her because McGonagall just wants to know if she's making her money back on the match or not. Oh, Harry did this and Harry recently was, and she's just shouting. I can't do the Scottish Brogue. I'm not going to offend listeners again by trying. Um, But yeah, that... That's a good scene too. Yeah, no, he's a yeah, I think a commentator. Just to throw you off there. I think they're all they're all good in their own way, but the commentator just uh, No, I yeah. like that response. <laughs> so why don't we head out to some creative shout-outs? So is there anyone you would like to shout out on any of the platforms we have now expanded so we don't have to just stay with Instagram? There's just so many people that are so severely obsessed with Potter. Um, It's hard to pinpoint. And my last person I spoke about was Chavier. Boldu, who is, of course, the genius behind um, uh, just fantastic photography and wizarding portraits, who now works for Mina Lima um, in London. Um, But I would say this time is my main man, Greg, uh, from The Greg Who Lived, because he's very charming and he's very funny. And I like... It's a funny one, isn't it, with social media? Because, and no disrespect or anything, because I, I actually hate social media. I wish that I was actually in 1980 or 90 and there just wasn't social media because I think that is unfortunately what we all, not all, but a lot of it's revolved around that of how good is your business? Let's check the numbers, which is true, unfortunately, in a lot of situations. If you've got one follower and then you had a million followers, you're probably going to go, well, the business of a million followers is better. Uh, but anyway, that, that's another story. Um, but the Greg who lived, I really like because he's very organic in the sense that he just loves Harry Potter. He loves Harry Potter. He does some brilliant videos. Um, and it's not lame. It's not lame in the sense, it's not like, you know, the whole, hey, uh, you know, it's Greg here. Subscribe, give a thumbs up. It's basically like, look, I'm going to show you products that I collected recently and I really like it and I got it and I'm just going to do a video anyway because I've got it. Not because I bought this product or obtained this product because of the video. It's the other way around. I'm just going to give you a nice share of my passion and obsession with the Harry Potter world. So the Greg who lived, um, who is on YouTube, but a lot of his content 
and photos, et cetera, and descriptions on Instagram. And I think he's a very charming man who I've had the privilege of meeting many times. I know you guys have met him as well. And he's just a great laugh. And bizarrely, he is friends or best friends, I would say, because they're very good friends with Hannah, who used to work at my shop for a long time. And she was one of my favorite staff members. No disrespect to foreign staff members, but she, uh, she was brilliant because she was just weird. She's weird like me, like in a really good way. And she would take that as a compliment. She's just like, don't know what she's like. She's odd in, in a good way, like an odd, odd person in a very nice way. So, yeah. Well, to your point about social media, Oliver, might I remind you that one professor, R.J. Lupin, once said, it is the quality of one's convictions, will substitute passion, that determines success, not the number of followers. So, yeah, that felt poetic, if nothing else. My shout outs for this week. Also, yeah, we we love Greg. Um, nothing more to be said there. We love Greg. Um This is a shout out that listeners are going to hear additionally in a future episode that was recorded prior to this. So keep up with that mental math. This is a free business idea for you, my friend. Uh, There is a lovely young woman who lives in York, which I know is a bit of a trip. Uh, Her name is Dawn Farmer Uh, on Instagram. She is Dawn with two N's Farmer. She is doing a whole TikTok series, which is how I found her where she is trying American sweets and foods and all the like, and people are just sending her all these American things. And the reason she came to mind for me is because you mentioned Hershey's. She recently got shipped Hershey's chocolate sauce and she tried it comparative to whatever the you know British chocolate sauce is. And she's got a wild amount of following and, and popularity and energy behind her series. And so I know that it's a lot of a schlep to get from, from, you know, York all the way down to Brighton. So, you know, that's, there's some logistics there that needs to be worked out. But beyond that, I think she would have a ball going through the Sweets Emporium and just trying all the, all the wares. And, and she makes these great faces. She's very colorful with her reviews. You know, as I mentioned in the other time, I gave her a shout out again in a future episode, um, it, you know, just the accent is because, you know, the, the emphasis that inherently, you know, non-American English speakers put on American English words, it just sounds different to the ear. And I enjoy that. Um, so, yeah, there's one shout out. Don Farmer, free business idea. You're welcome. Um, my second shout out is Carol Ann, Tattoos. She is a tattoo artist up in Montreal. And a lot of cool designs beyond simply, you know, Wizarding World inspired, but a handful of stuff recently here. She has a flash sheet somewhere I saw um, of a lot of really awesome Harry Potter inspired designs that seem to have like a little bit of like a floral twist on them, which might be her personal touch. I don't know. Um, but shout out to you, Carol Ann. Uh, always here for a good tattoo artist. Danny, how about you? All right. I am going to shout out... Clementine Hobby. She is a Gryffindor from New Zealand. So taken across another body of water to shout her out. She has some of the, she just shows off her collection and she has some really fun book covers that she posted this week that I'm just really enjoying seeing. Oliver, would you like to shout out where people can find you on the social media you don't like to use? Of course, yes. Um, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? It's kind of like a catch-22 because I, I don't like social media, but then obviously I do, 
I do use it because if I didn't use it, then um, maybe I wouldn't have as half the customers that come to visit me. So it's 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 kind of a contradiction. But um, if you do want to follow me, it's Oliver's Brighton. Uh, Oliver with an S at the end, and then Brighton is in the lovely city that I live in, which is B R I G H T O N for November. And um, that's it. I'm I'm on on there hanging about just. Yeah, sharing cats and rabbits and wizards and sweets. I had to read Catch-22 in high school, and it made zero sense to me. I just, I obviously understand what the, the cliche means, but the writing style, like, it shifts in time perspective. So, like, chapter one will take place, I'll just make stuff up now because I don't remember it that well, but it takes place in November. Chapter two takes place in September. Chapter three takes place in December. Chapter four takes place in December, but two weeks. It was all over the place, and it made my poor, poor, naive brain hurt so badly. Um, so on that note, Oliver, it was so lovely to have you back on. Uh, genuinely, whether we're recording or not, um, you're such a cool guy, and you're doing amazing things down there in Brighton that – um, are, are bringing a smile to faces of fans and followers alike around the globe. And, and like I said, once uh, I'm running out of P words, once, once this printer paper, no, that wasn't good is over. Um, I am so ex- There you go. Yeah. I'm so excited to make my way down there and, uh, and, and see for myself the, the beauty that is Oliver's Brighton. So um Glad you're doing well. Glad that the shop's set to reopen and hope everything goes swimmingly for you. Thank you very much. And and both of you again uh, made me happy and blush. So I very much appreciate it. And um, yeah, well, bring on 2021. Wow.